if you are if you are new to after 25 my name is asha fundi and i am your host uh just to give you a brief idea what after 25 is it is literally me celebrating black women and just celebrating life after 25 it is enjoying and telling the truth of what life is after a certain age and i invite amazing women on the show and we talk career we talk life we talk everything in between and definitely my favorite topic at the end is we talk skincare and that is for us to normalize skincare within the black community as just another conversation nothing serious it's literally women talking about skincare as we all do so welcome so for the for this episode i'm so excited because this is when i get to talk about fashion and fashion as you guys know from listening to a lot of the episodes was my first love i run away you know why i told you guys before but i still still my first love so please welcome my guests i get all my guests to introduce just choose to this themselves because i want them to hype this up, up and let us know exactly what they do <laughs> what is that face i'm the worst at introducing myself i love it when other people do it for me <laughs> <Hyping> <laughs> Um, I would say, well, I don't know. My name is Akila, Akila Cohen Bodhi. I am a freelance fashion writer. Um, I am also older than 25. I am 30 and loving it. Um, and what else do yes. I say about myself? I'm figuring, I'm still figuring life out, but enjoying it. I thank you. Yeah, I find it weird. It's a figuring it out for me. Yeah, and I also, I find it really weird defining myself by what I've done, which I think is something I have to get used mm -hmm. to. But so this mm -hmm. is, I mean, this is your first YouTube video and this is my first interview, so. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, new. it's new for both of us. So. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love the, I really do love the transparency. I think that's also why I want 25, because I feel like society number one, they want us to have it figured out by now. It's like mm. once you've reached a certain age, oh, you should have it sorted. You should have the kid. You should have the house. You should have the mortgage. You should have the bank account that is ringing. I don't have any of that. I have a child, and we are both trying to figure it out. So I think it's really important. Like this, this having this podcast is just to show different versions of what life is after twenty five. And mm -hmm. I love having women coming on the show and just give people an idea that it's not it's okay that it's not your version of what society wants to be at this age it's we yeah. are still trying to figure it out and my mom always says it's not over until you're dead and i'm like you know what mom as simple as that sound that's true sorry um i just think as well it's one of those things where we've had this shift in what it is to be a woman which is wonderful in the sense that there's not so much pressure or the expectation at least it's not okay to to say to a woman or define a woman by her marriage choices or whether or not she chooses oh. to have a child um, and there's a lot more focus on career but I do feel we've really swung in the other direction to an extreme and I feel like there's this judgment about women not having figured out their careers and their direct path and having had achievement and I think everybody's journey is different and you might not have spent that time building a career but you might have grown as a person you might have built a better relationship with yourself or with your partner or with your parents and I think that's just as worthy um but not necessarily something <laughs> you announce and you're introducing yourself <laughs> no but, but that's the thing. 
need we need people we need uh, women or just people to be to to speak up and say more of that i when i turned 30 you know i literally remember my 30th i was there breastfeeding while holding a, a breast and i felt well i was happy i had a baby just like what else have i done what's my career yeah. looking like and i felt even in your whole mom, like you got cut up and just had a whole baby and and i'm not saying that that should have defined me in any way because i'm more than that You're... it makes me really sad um when people obviously I, I love that you recognize you're kind of trying to be your whole self um and that's beautiful um but it makes me really sad when you say i'm trying to show people that i'm not just a mum because mm -hmm. there is nothing just about being a mother it's it's all encompassing. You know, it's a huge challenge. It's it's for the rest of your life. You'll never stop being a parent. Um, and I feel like we've almost been, as women, we've almost been shamed. We've almost been pushed into being shamed of being proud of being parents or proud of being wives or having skills that are outside of the workplace and they're just as worthy. It needs to be more holistic, I think. So you know, you you are which is a full package and a huge big aspect of that which is important and valuable is your motherhood and that's that's wonderful yes love that thank you so much so let's get into let's start with the talk because i you know with me i'm always i love i love celebrating women because we know how hard like mm. trying to think even harder because not you trying to go through career talk it's hard harder and i'm not let you know, take away anyone else's experience but i also always think like sometimes nothing especially in the fashion industry yeah. Spain is so hard and so you know to speak to someone to it like what your love for fashion yeah my um route i haven't actually been working in the fashion industry very long um considering mm. that you know, I'm 30, I think. I started working in fashion maybe two two years ago. Um, and I think what you're saying about career paths being hard for women and for black women, I think I really relate to. Just um, in the sense that growing up, I loved fashion. I've, I've always wrote as a child. Um, I think my parents thought I'd be like, I'd write books. I used to, at Christmas, it would be at Christmas, Day, on Christmas Day, I would get given books, and that would be it. I would sit That's in the corner all day and read. Yeah, and I used to write all the time. Um, and as I got older, I would buy every fashion magazine going. I'd have them all, and I would hate throwing them out, and they'd pile up, and my mum would get really annoyed. And it was just oh, something I loved, but it never occurred to me that I could work in fashion. Um, yeah. And then when I got older and I heard people talking about representation, I realised why. Um, all the magazines that I picked up, if I saw black women in those magazines, they were models. Yeah. And generally they were very, particularly in the 90s and the early noughties, which is when I was growing up. Um, and then if I saw anybody writing or I saw anyone editing, they were always white. Mm -hmm. no one looked like me um and I didn't think I would fit I didn't I didn't it just it just it's like it's almost like it subconsciously I'd heard this message that I wasn't wanted I wasn't needed and that's not yeah. what black people did and there's also that narrative within our community that 
fashion is not something that you can do. And I think particularly when you're growing up and you're being told that it's going to be harder for you, you have to work twice as hard. And like fashion, anything in the arts is already considered a difficult career. So it doesn't seem wise then to con to kind of conflate to put the two together to then be black and in a in a very competitive industry. Um, and also, I think what's really nice. Sorry, go ahead. Back then, you feel like industry. Why am I trying to jump in when I'm like really feeling like I'm doing myself a disservice? Yes. Let me just go exactly. to the lawyers. Exactly. exactly and then there's that inherited fear you get from your parents that you have to be able to provide for yourself there's a lot more insecurity about financials and financial stability that we have i think as just as immigrants in general mm-hmm. um and so for me i i didn't i think i'm i never made conscious decisions about what i wanted to do i left yeah. uni and i got i went straight into my full-time job which is in hospitality and ultimately i just kind of tumbled through jobs based on what opportunities came up and who was like oh we've got a space and the first decision I think I made was working for a wedding company a wedding planning company and I was yeah. like I love weddings and I love style and I want to work there and while I was there I was kind of not quite satisfied and that was the next conscious decision I made which was to then look for extracurricular activities so I started working with um, a woman that I met in a, in, a, in a very random meeting. It's definitely one of the things that I think is fate. We just happened to be in the same place at the same time, caught each other's eye and just thought, hmm, let's chat. Um, I know. And she happened I to be... I miss those. I so miss having those moments with people. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. Going outside is a, is a blessing. <laughs> Great things happen outside. Um, but um, her name was... Her name was... <laughs> Her name's Dior Bediaco, um, and she's this incredible woman who runs um, something called Pepper Your Talk. And I think, mm-hmm. without any credentials, just having, having and sensing my passion, we, I, she kind of invited me to join her and support her as she built her own business, which is a fashion networking company. Um, and from there is how I found my way into fashion. And even then, when I got into fashion, it was still a journey. Mm-hmm. of finding the confidence to go from being you know a size and fit writer which is nothing wrong with that but I think it's a stepping stone for a lot of people um size and fit for anyone who doesn't know is when you go onto um, a website um a shopping website and you go to buy the clothes it's the measurements and dimensions of everything that you're okay 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 you're buying. Something. I didn't know that um, thank you yeah and so, yeah, so someone someone actually does that and um that's on it's fixed it might be me um and I think what was wonderful about it was I suddenly in the time I suddenly realized that I felt like I was at home in fashion I felt like these are people that people that are like me that I can be me in, and for lots of different reasons where I work and what places that I've been um and so I'm so grateful to Dior for that opportunity and for giving me the space um, and for the people that I've met through her have also helped me, specifically someone called also called Chloe Marlowe, who's been really, yeah. who also runs her own business. She makes um, handbags. Um, and I think it's just that process of, for me, trusting myself, mm-hmm. not being scared to say, I want that and I'm going to go for it. Um, and I, so I think I'm, and that's why I say I'm figuring it out. I think I'm very much still at the, that that moment where you're jumping off the precipice with my career. I think I'm still going. Oh, you still what, what is it? I'm finding out, finding out 
going to fly. I, I, I just want to say I admire you and I wish you the best of luck with that because I completely relate to you. I'm at that stage. I went through such... With fashion, I'm kind of old school fashion. I graduated and was like, that's it. Fashion is for me. Like, I was just like, I see myself. This, oh, hey, this different. Yeah. <laughs> this is me. You can't tell me nothing. This is for me. And unfortunately, <laughs> my experience going in, yeah. like you said, uh, we inherit our parents' fears. We, situation is a burden of our parents' trauma, unfortunately for them. So, you know, my parents were first generation who came to the UK. So to them, it was like, no, yeah. get a good, uh, get a normal job, work at the bank. You know, like African parents, especially Congolese parents, you work in an office, you have made it. It doesn't matter what office yeah. it is. You mm. just say, mom, I mean, it is it. So mm. after going into fashion, just getting that, it wasn't exactly what I expected it to be as a young black girl. I was so, so unwanted that I ran away from it. So now I'm kind of at a stage where I'm at that stage where you're talking about saying what I want and going mm. for it. Mm. Like working fashion, it knocked my confidence so much because I always consider myself as someone who go for things. I'm like, I will try it. And yeah, going through what I went through, it really knocked me back to be like, okay, if being myself didn't get me there, I'm like, mm. what what exactly yeah. can I do? So I I really appreciate appreciate the journey that you're in now, just figuring it out. And at this age, this is what I'm saying. I think there's such pressure for us to get to this age and be like, oh, I've got to figure out this. I run this. I've got this and that. And it's, oh, guys, it's okay. Like, And I'm saying this to myself as well. It's okay if you don't have it figured out now. Like, it is okay. And so glad that you mentioned pepper your talk because this is actually the reason why i was so excited to speak to you because i you guys released um the anti-racism in fashion report and, yes and i'm not even like and i'm not even lying when i read it i'm not i swear to you i'm not even lying to you i got so emotional reading it oh, because wow. i really did because like i said like my experience with fashion was so sweet that i left part especially with something that I love naturally. Like, I did the whole magazine buying. I did the whole scene Vogue. I, like, music videos, that was my thing, styling and things like that. So when I left it, it was so bittersweet because I was like, I love this industry, but the industry doesn't love us. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't welcome us with open arms. It really doesn't. It scares girls away. Mm. It knocks their confidence thinking that they don't belong there. So when I read the report, I was just like... I wish that something like this was available when I when I was working in fashion. So I'm literally like, well, I think like all the young, all the young girls, young women, anyone that's into fashion now. Honestly, there's so many resources available for them that I wish we had that available. So like, I just want to ask, what guy, what guys got you guys thinking to do to do that rapport? It's necessary. It's needed. Yeah. Um, I think. It comes from that place I think we were all at in, I think, May, June in 2020. Um, I can't mm -hmm. imagine any black in the world who wasn't feeling frustrated and downtrodden oh, yeah. at that point. And I think many of us felt like we wanted to be able to do something. You know, what, yeah. how, this kind of realisation that, 
I think for me specifically, I was really aware that I didn't want to have, I'd always, my parents had always told me life is going to, basically life is going to be harder for you. And I think as a child, you hope that you won't, or growing up, you hope you won't have to tell your own children that. And I realised that I was going to have to tell my, I'm going to have to tell my children when I have them that Mm -hmm. it's harder for you. But I, I want to do something that means that then they won't have to tell their children. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can think about what can we do? What's, what is happening? What are the problems? And where are our expertise? Dior's incredibly well-connected, um, incredibly informed, well-informed about fashion, um, and very, very, very much a visionary. Um, and she's so optimistic in, in how she sees the world, and it's really in- inspiring. Um, and she always kind of just just by being herself she had always championed black women in fashion and created a space yeah. for them I think just by default Pepe Talkers and um, and the junior network have always been that so we recognize that we had that um, and we recognize I mean that I can write and that I'm a I'm a well I'd like to hope I'm a good writer um, and that we work well together as a team and we had a quick meeting yeah. that me, myself, and a, a woman called Jordan Hulse, who often helps with Pepe Talk as well. She's wonderful. Um, yeah. And we realised that we wanted to do something that would impact change. And I think we both, we all felt distinctly disappointed by the behaviour of the people at the top. We felt that that I was there was no confidence necessarily that change yeah. was going to happen from the top. And we also thought that there were going to be people like us who don't who are frustrated who want to see change but aren't necessarily in a leadership position or have a platform to enact it and so i think we really started out just wanted to create something that would educate anybody black white or asian or any race about what it's like yeah. to be black in fashion and what we think needs to be changed and also what you can actually do right now what you can do tomorrow as an employee as a as a middle management you know what you can go in and ask for what you can how you can change the way you treat people or how you engage with your staff or what you expect from your employer to try and build a better world because it has to start there and I think it was also because I was when I've ever I felt pessimistic about how black people are treated in the world what gave me hope was young people a oh, lot of young people online really work hard to re-educate themselves, to challenge themselves. Mm-hmm. I have friends who messaged me who said, you know, look, I'm really working on this. I'm reading this. I'm trying to be better. Even now, they're still tackling the privilege and the kind of the process, the, the kind of the programming that they've had. Yeah, yeah. I've been people about them. Race. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see that in older generations. I've never seen that in older generations. They're still uncomfortable with things like Black Lives Matter. Um, yeah. So that's why we did it because we thought, well, let's. That's the future. That's where the change is. That's where the opportunity is. That's where the world might become something that that's that's beautiful for everyone and safe and welcoming yeah. for everyone. And that's what it's really about. And I think what you're saying about your experience in fashion, I really relate to because. In fashion, I didn't actually have that very much, but I think it's industry-wide. I think your first foray into office work as a young black person, particularly in the kind of areas that we grow up, in which you're either 
the majority for many of us we go to schools where everyone else looks like us and understands where we come from or it's a very yeah, mix and everyone's open-minded and suddenly you're thrust into a space that is predominantly white and nobody prepares you for it and also the people that are there oh, no. they are not prepared for you and so I think wherever you go, you're, you're always going to have that first experience. It's just a real shame for you that it was something that you were passionate about as well. Um, no, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm so, it's true when you say like every industry, because what I've found from, to, from speaking to all the women that I have been speaking to is we yeah. all share that experience, regardless mm -hmm. of what industry. I, I'm not going to give fashion such a bad rep because they're not the only one. I think no. any any young black person that goes into any industry, your first job, you're not prepared for those conversations. Mm -hmm. I've I always thought I was like, I kind of the older I got, I really started to look back on things and be like, okay, why wasn't I aware of this? Why wasn't I paying attention to it? I like you said, we come from schools where we are the majority, so we're in our own little bubble. We don't think outside, and no one prepares prepares you for outside. And even when you go to uni. I went to a uni, you know, a creative arts uni industry, fashion industry, but not once did we ever have lecture or conversations about being black and working in fashion. And now mm -hmm. looking back, you're doing people, you're doing these young people a disservice because it's not going to scare them out the industry. It's just going to prepare them to be like, okay, this is what you're going to be faced with. Do you think that at that age you would do? I'm not sure that I would have been able, I'm not saying I would have been scared, but I don't know that it would have mm -hmm. made a difference. I don't think I would have fully understood what that meant. So yeah, I don't think I would have really yeah. understood it. Because even even if I'm not the majority, like at my secondary school, I wasn't the majority, but we we grew yeah. up, we were city kids. So everybody was, you know, you sat in order in school with your surname. So you didn't know who you can be sat next to. Sometimes it was somebody I've spent no but I've spent I've spent I've celebrated Diwali with someone uh, some a friend who's who's Indian at her home. I've learned how to make parathas from someone who's Bengali. So you learn a you learn a lot about other cultures at school when you're yeah. when you're when you're an ethnic minority because you tend to be around other ethnic minorities and you just anticipate that that is what you're going to get. And I'm not convinced that at 21 or 22, as much as I thought I would have, oh my gosh, that I would have understood what what that meant. Do you know what I mean? No, what, I, I think, maybe you were more mature I than I I what you're saying. I think that, see, I don't even think I was mature. I think mm. it would have allowed me to not go in there with such naivety, because I feel like I was yeah, so naive when I went into the situation mm. that you, not that oh, I think it's hard because I also don't want I don't want I don't want young black girls to go into an industry, especially your first industry, with such a burden and already yeah. having your back up. Yeah, I do think I think it's right. Like if if they did tell you, you would go in there already with your backup. And, yeah, and unfortunately, what that, trans, what that translates to some people is yeah. that you've got an attitude. Yeah, you are a black girl with an attitude, and unfortunately, I don't want. I don't want any girls to go into a situation with a backup and it translates to someone else says, oh, here comes another with one. the attitude. <laughs> here comes another one. <laughs> here she goes. And just actually make a real point, because I think the other thing that it probably, if even if it wouldn't have changed my expectations, because I probably would have still been optimistic, mm -hmm. I think what it would have done 
would have removed the blame from my shoulders. Because what oh. happened, I internalized yes. it. I became yes. defined by those experiences. And it's only, it took me years to, to understand that. Um, and it's so I think, I think that would have been really valid. Just if you'd gone into fashion, this great job that you loved, and everyone was being a bit booky, and you were like, <laughs> Do you know what actually this might just be that thing that that lecturer told me about or that woman mentioned and mm -hmm. maybe it's not me there are things that i can do to make the situation better which is what i hope we've done with the toolkit you know it was a really difficult thing to write actually because you are we were trying to walk that fine line between saying the world is kind of against you but don't internalize yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not responsible for that don't let it determine your ambition or your goals for yourself you know, it's hard, but still be prepared. And I think, and it's a very complex thing to have to deal with every day when you're going into work. I just, it's a lot more than it I imagine. No, you guys, honestly, hand on my heart, you guys really did that. I think this report, what I liked about it is, yeah, like I liked about it, it was, you wasn't, because a lot of the times that we, what we do is when we're talking about race to white people, or especially in the industry like fashion is, we yeah. still around it we still mm. don't want to sound mm. we don't want to point the fingers we still kind of like you because i feel like people even though you're speaking facts your tone or how you say it will stop them from listening yeah of anything do they you know like that's a natural it, human instinct and you exactly. don't we i think i was we were both i i know as as a as the writer i was really aware that my tone was was really important and that i didn't want mm -hmm. to it like you said i didn't want to use euphemisms i didn't want to dance around it but i also know yeah. that we cannot we cannot change the situation if black people are the only ones doing the work you need white people exactly. to understand you need white people to want to change you need white people to feel like there's something they can do and by telling them exactly. that they're the thing in the world ruining your life you're not going to get it um and so it's it's that kind of and it was hard trying to verbalize things that you just mm -hmm. without getting too emotional. Yeah, and also like, how do you how do you explain to somebody that you don't you can't be your authentic self at work? How like this is what I'm saying. Hard trying to find the words for that, you know, because nuanced. This is what I'm saying. You know, so it's it's. So I'm really pleased that you said that. What was what did you what was your favorite bit, or what spoke to you the most? I what I really liked was when the little things that you would suggest to the workplace, what they could do to make it comfortable for everyone. Like something as simple as having magazines from different cultures, Black yeah. Hair Magazine, Essence Magazine, because, you know, you go into fashion and for us, we love fashion. So we read all types of magazines, but it's also, it speaks volume when you go into a space that sees you and acknowledge that you as a black woman, as a black man have different needs, like hair, makeup, it's different. Yeah. And magazines, especially back in the days, like I'm talking, ah, me, I haven't been to uni since, we won't even give you dates, but it's been a long time. <laughs> so back then, definitely representation was so low so when you guys mentioned like things like the company could diversify it's reading materials just that simple just yeah. that simple yeah, like it's not in the, in the, 
Because that's also not in a position to do that at that stage. You know, that's something I think we'd both love to learn more about. Um, but I think we mm-hmm. were aware that was a limitation. And I think it's that thing where I realised, I don't know about you, but I realised once I got past that point at work where I stopped blaming myself for any discomfort mm-hmm. or any lack, any failures that I, as I interpreted them, yeah. I also I went to a point where I was angry, like really angry oh. with, with, I'm going to be honest, with white people because I felt like... Yeah. An age, I started becoming really aware of how my race was defining my experience. Um, yeah. And then I realised later that actually they just, no, they don't know what they don't know. Like, I, I, my life is not represented on TV, on mainstream TV, my experience, right? Mm-hmm. And as a consequence, I instinctively know that anyone who's not white English their life is not also wholly represented on TV because if mine isn't, yours isn't. So if I meet a Greek Cypriot yeah. who, or if I meet a Polish person, I'm like, there's going to be things about their culture and their lives that I'm not privy to. That's For the average white English person, what they see in the media is how they, is what they live. So how can they even know that you're having to hide parts of yourself? Why would they even know that they're not including you as in a magazine? We have to go to special shops to get essence. You know, it's, we you can't get it in Tesco. You didn't. We weren't able to buy our hair in boots, or when you did your food shopping, there was no adverts for our products on TV. It was you had to live in a certain area, and you had to already know where those things were. And so it, it's it's that realization that they don't, they can't, they can't, they can't imagine what your life is like because they don't imagine your life is different from theirs. They think that, and why would they? That's not their fault. <laughs> it's not their fault no. at all it's right you're right like especially when you said about the different stages that you went through the mm-hmm. stop blaming yourself and you go through that anger of oh my yeah, god they're right. all the same black and you're like i hate you too and yeah. I definitely at this stage, this stage of my life i'm not only am i getting to know myself again i'm i'm getting to really love things again i'm i'm also oh, giving people good. space to be like okay you don't know fair enough i'm I'm learning and I would appreciate you to learn also. If you've got the questions, ask it. So I think like this before is something, especially what you guys have done is you've given them information and also said, here's all the resources for you to go and do more. Because I can't lie to you. I'm tired of like when it comes to black women, just black people in general, I'm tired of us having to like hold that burden of having to educate people all the yeah. time. I get you don't know and you don't see, you know, you don't see us on TV. But my mm. friend, you can pick up a book because we all have yeah. access to that. We all have, if you really want to know, like mm. industries like fashion, that black people are everywhere. We are we are the ideas in so many things. Like black people mm-hmm. were, unfortunately, we're just not at the top. But yeah. fashion is so built off the back of a lot of black artists and a lot of black yeah. talent. So for yeah. you, for all these CEOs and directors of PR companies, fashion yeah. houses, to still act like they don't know, ah, oh, I don't believe it anymore. I'm just like, no. Like, because I worked for a PR company who, when it came to uh, um, parties and PR events, they yeah. knew who to invite within the black community to bring in some kind of um to bring in press to get that whole vibe they knew who to invite so they were aware yeah they were aware of 
what influence we had so yeah. although I understand like okay some of you didn't know but I also felt like a lot of them didn't want to and that yeah. that's one thing that I appreciate this year that we called people out on it's like yeah. you can't hide behind the I didn't know like one CEO that I worked with my last company she lived in Brixton she lived yeah. in dead Brixton so I'm like you can't tell me that you want to I don't know I think I think it can just be so different somebody else's version mm. of Brixton from ours you know it's different oh, yeah. you're looking for different things like it's like for instance have you ever my, my husband and I always say this right we'll be on the train and somebody maybe black maybe just a person of color mm-hmm. gets on the train and is acting quite strangely and sometimes mm-hmm. the people if the person particularly if the person is black other people who are not black will look at you as if to say, can you explain this person's behaviour? <laughs> Come and get yours. Yeah. <laughs> Come and get your people. Yeah, like, is there something we, is there something that you do? Whatever. And I just, I also just feel like, I'm in my head, I'm like, no, this person is just someone that I would avoid. I, I'm not saying that they're, I don't know why they're behaving like this, but I know it's, it, might yeah, be, yeah. it might be a problem with my safety. And it's like, we all, when you grow up where the way that the places we tend to have grown up in, you kind of have this instinctive thing. We're like, okay, keep, you know, you keep your eyes down, you go this way. Oh, you yeah, yeah. And they don't have the same cues because that's not their experiences. And I think that what I've loved about what's come from the Black Lives Matter movement and what I hope the anti-racism report is part of is this much more forgiving and cohesive approach to making the world more inclusive and more diverse because I don't think it's just a fashion problem um and I feel like we've all had things we've had to learn you know I'm sure within our our lives we've we've made kind of commodities of other people maybe gay men maybe um you know there's a time when everyone was was loving the you know the indian music and we used to remember we used to do this dance i'm thinking well actually is that, is that yeah, actually yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and so I, I think that i think that hopefully we're creating a safer space for everyone to grow and for us to all be more forgiven there are a lot of people who don't want to change and there are people who you know we've all had those conversations but then i think mm-hmm. I don't think we were ever prepared for how to deal with conversations of race or if somebody approached yeah, me. Yeah, I don't think any of us. No, like I yeah. think about my mum. My mum taught me how to kind of gave me advice on how to, or you probably fight with your friends about what you do if a guy approaches you in a club in a way that's not appropriate or if you do. Like everyone says that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a problem. You have it, you're given scenarios, but nobody says if you're at work and somebody says something offensive, what do you do? You know that oh without 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 ruining your without because ultimately the the problem was you're what you're always fearful is that you make yourself a target, but at the same time you want to stand up for yourself. You don't want to become Mm -hmm. responsible for somebody else's education. Like I'm not I'm not a walking talking library. (laughs) I'm just I'm just one person. So it's very complicated. But I just hope that we just contributed to the development of that and just it, it improving at least no I honestly I think you guys have I I would love to hear the feedback that you've had from other black women from this because yeah. I speaking to myself and I'm not just speaking because you are here I honestly read in I felt and I was just like this is the information that yeah. a lot of 
black women going into this space yeah. will feel equipped. They'll feel equipped, mm-hmm. like you said, when when something does happen, because unfortunately, Black Lives Matter, the black boxes, we all lives matter. Yeah, it's not just going to change overnight. So you're still going to keep having to deal with a lot of these problems. So it's kind of like the report educated black girls as well to be like, when this happens, don't mm. sit back and, like you said, internalize it with yourself, babes. You're not the problem. You no. are not the problem. You are young. Even if you made a mistake in that situation or in that industry, you are not the problem. So the report allowed them to be like, this is what you do when it does happen. This is who yeah. you go and speak to. A lot of times, who do you speak to? Yeah. Exactly. When you something, when you feel like you've been treated unfairly, especially by a manager or a director, you mm. being this young girl, this this girl who doesn't know, or not even just young, any black woman in the industry, when you're alone, when you feel like you're alone, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times you are alone in certain spaces, in a yeah. lot of spaces. I always find I'm the only black girl in that situation. And that takes a lot of fight out of you already because you already feel like I don't have, mm. I don't have anyone to, to have my back if I was ever to complain or if I was ever, who do I speak to? So I think the report, it did that. Yeah. Like it's, you, you can't, it helps you. Yeah. I think it was very therapeutic for me, actually, when you say that, yeah. right? because it did that and there's things that you it put because I was forced to find language for the ideas that we discussed because Dior and I had we had an original structure and then I'd written a draft and she came back and we were like yeah it's not working and then she had some really clear ideas about how to restructure it so then I was just trying to kind of extrapolate that into something that people could then bite into if even if they weren't from the same they didn't without without you know going you know what I mean um so (laughs) I think one of the things that was really important for me was realizing that the thing I think one of the chapters that really spoke for me was the 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 code switching because Mm. I really I'm always so I was always so tired I was also exhausted because someone might say something like oh yeah right anyway and I'd want to go I love for the banter anyway and then i'd be like oh they're not gonna know what i'm talking about and it's like <laughs> you've got versions of yourself that keep like mm-hmm. popping up and you're having to filter because you you know this is not the space it's going to draw more attention you're gonna have to explain it you know you know like if i if i'm a if i went with my friends if i was at school and one of my i had cake braids and one of my braids fell out like, oh my gosh my braids falling out but i'm not going to say that at this work like and so, and so, no, but you know what I mean? Or like, even today, like, I'm going to cream my hands. We're the only people that say cream. Like, nobody says it. Everyone else says moisturize. So it's, yeah. So I think those, I think those things were, were really therapeutic for me. And in terms of your question about feedback from other black women, it's really funny you say that. Actually. It's made me realize I haven't had that much feedback from black women. No, I'm really, I'm a very, I try to be a very, um, a very laid back sort of non-demanding person i have a really i have a belief which i try to live by which is that yeah. if you're working for yourself or you're running a business and you are relying on your friends and family <laughs> to to support you you don't have a business they should no, either want it because it's so good it should if they should want it because the product is good like the way they would want any product or they're not your target audience. So I try, I have really consciously not pushed anyone to read it. I've let everybody know it's there. 
and seen what's happened. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the people who've come back to me with their feedback have actually been white. Um, yeah. And they, it's very interesting. Every single person has picked up on the same thing, which was really interesting that they'd never realized they were all horrified that we don't feel like we can be our whole selves at work mm. and that we have to tone. There was a point in the survey results where we said about a large proportion of people who responded felt like they had yeah. to tone their racial identity. And I think that was really shocking for the people that came back to me. That was really shocking. It's so sad. How Yeah, how, was how, how me, sad. one of the least surprising results of the survey. No, it was, oh my God, if you know, I'll tell you, I was so sad. Like, it saddens me because I know how I felt when I was going through it. Yeah. And, and I hate the feeling, like, because my little sister does fashion. She wants to do fashion. I tried to talk her out of it. This girl was like, no, she wants to she do styling. Can I break out here while we're still here, while we're talking about this? Because yes. something I realize is a lot of it is to do with class and the infrastructure mm. of fashion are like I imagine the kind of area you went into initially was predominantly, if let me know if I'm wrong, middle to upper class white. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe a few white upper to middle class middle to upper class white European women maybe French, Italian, German. Yep. And I've been very lucky. My first foray into fashion was in e-commerce. Um, and there are okay. spaces, I do think that if you're in certain space, there are spaces, particularly in London, I'm sure in other spaces as well, where the demographic of the people working there is is, is quite diverse. And you can find... Yeah you can find a space, you can carve out a niche for yourself where you can be authentic. No, absolutely. I think where the creatives people are, she might be able to find people that are much more open-minded as she can. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I definitely, I pushed her because I was just like, you know what, as much as I, what I don't want, I never want to internalise my trauma and pass mm. it on to my sister because that's mm. kind of what our parents did and they didn't realize they were doing it. They just thought they were preparing us for this world that they faced. But they realized exactly. that they were putting all that trauma on us. So I, yeah. like, I made such a decision to be like, no, I'm going to help her. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give her the information that I was not given. Yeah, that's all I'm going to do. Give her tools. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, whenever she comes to me, I'm just like, oh, this is it. Like, babes, do this, do that. So I always, I always made such a, I made a decision to be like, I'm not going to talk her, I'm not going to talk her out of this because this could be her calling. And the yeah. hardest thing for me, like I'm saying, when I read the report, it was the fact that so many young black girls are running away from industries that's their yeah. calling because of how the industry yeah. is treating them. You know what? And I, I hate that feeling. Yeah, I think that a lot of industries, I think like I think a lot of people who don't feel, I think whether they're black or they're gay or they're they're transgender, mm -hmm. I, think, I think the world is changing. And it's something, you know, you talk about how you're the same, I think it's very wise that you're not trying to direct your sister, you're trying to inform her. Because one of the things yeah. I really about our, our parents is not necessarily they, they didn't let us down. They just gave advice on a world that they didn't know was not gonna exist anymore. You know, this... Yeah, they didn't know. They signed up for office. Like you said about, you know, if you're Congolese, if in Congolese community, if you work in an office, any office is great, right? That's I'm very... 
for, for lots of people that once you're in the office, it's, it's secure. But really, office work isn't that great anymore. The salaries, oh. the, the, the contracts aren't good anymore. And also the what you're earning isn't worth the balance. So it's like, well, and so I think, I think everybody's, I think a lot of people are no longer prepared to get to sacrifice their peace or their happiness because it's like, well, mm-hmm. you're only 28,000. Do you know what I mean? I can't buy a house. I'm barely <laughs> on holiday. I might as well be poor. And, you know, <laughs> so if you're living in London, it it's not going anywhere. <laughs> so I this feel, is a lot yeah. of people have just decided it's like peace over everything. Yeah, exactly. And I think because, because our generation is is struggling to get on the housing market. Oh. We are we are actually we are actually freer. We don't have those responsibilities where you're like, well, I have to keep the job because I have to pay the mortgage. It's like, well, actually, do you know what? All I've got is my car and I've paid for that, so it's fine. Or whatever they're what paying, whatever they whatever's important to them. So I think I think it'd be really interesting to see what your sister's experience is and how how you can guide her. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely, I sent her the report straight away. After I read it, I was oh, like, babe, read this ASAP. <laughs> like, I was just like, this is so good. Like, I'm, no, I'm always trying to, like, send her things and read. Sorry, my ears. Yeah. Uh, I'm always trying to send her things. Because I think, you know, when you look back, when I was younger, I'm always, I'm always trying to look back and be like, okay, I'm not blaming myself for anything that happened anymore. I'm just saying, what can I do different this time around? Yeah, exactly. So, so this is what... Do you know what I mean? Like, this is what 30-year-old Ash is doing. Don't blame no one. Don't worry. Let it go. Make peace with it. Mm. Don't blame yourself. It's fine. I'm moving forward. Look back and be like, okay, I didn't do that properly. That's fine. Let me do something else. I think 30-year-old yeah. Ash is just like, I'm being nicer to myself. I'm trying you to be nicer to myself. You have to be. Like, this is you. Actually, 30 is funny because you hear people talking about getting to 30 and being like, oh, mm-hmm. it's better comfortable myself and you think oh all right whatever and then you get there and you're like oh and you know what it is it's it's not it's not that I'm more I've I love myself any I love myself and everything about myself when I'm you know woo I'm great it's not it's just that I'm no longer I know what my flaws are Mm -hmm. I know how they hold me back but I trust myself to work on them. I don't beat myself mm-hmm. up about things, about those flaws. And I try and put things in place to kind of counterbalance them rather than mm-hmm. allow myself to be, to be controlled by those, those fears or those, those kind of habits yeah. and then spend two to three weeks beating myself up with a whip about how, why am I like this? It's like, you know, it's honestly, it we can be so hard on ourselves. Yeah, and I do think I do think what you're saying as well about this timeline of you know we're supposed to be thirty, we're supposed to have this, the CEO, da 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 da. And it's like, well, actually, if you grad, if you went to, if you went left college at eighteen, went to left uni at twenty one, you haven't lived, and you're already into your oh, third, you're coming on to live your third decade of life. So it's like, I have to, I that time, it's natural that that time is going to be spent figuring out who am I, what am I good mm-hmm. at, do I like, what compromises am I prepared to make, what would make me happy at work. I didn't know who I was, really. School doesn't prepare you for that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. life, life is all that you can, life is all you've got. <laughs> life Honestly, is all, and life you have to live it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to live it to really get to know it. And I, 
like I like you said, thirty for me turned into a you accept your you accept your flaws, mm. but don't concentrate on them. Don't die yeah. on them because these flaws are gonna hold you back from doing things. It's just like let it go, babe. Like it's there. It's fine. Like when you said, you know, I'm not perfect. Me, I'm perfect just the way I am. Yeah. I'm. I've accepted it. I'm like, this is the version of Asha that I've. I'm working to be. Where I'm like, yeah. it's not gonna be. Not every box is gonna tick. No. But I'm okay with it, and I'm not gonna let it stop me. No. And life is. It's not a sprint. It is a marathon. If you've reached the end, mm. the end like why? Why are we so? <laughs> we've got like that's when you steep it. It's like why is it so important to us? I feel like we've got there. There is the end. Like, it's just a constant. Every step, you're going to discover something new. And every, mm-hmm. and you know, you can only, you can only love who you are now and still look forward to who you're going to be. Like, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I didn't absolutely. ask you that. Do you not, like, yeah. how, um, how long have you been with your partner? Oh, six. We're coming on to six years now. Congratulations. Do you find, how do you feel that's impacted how you've grown as a person and as a woman? Oh, do you know, it's weird because I, we, like I said, like I look back and I'm like, I met you when I was in my 20s. Like I was in my 20s and now around 30s. It's so awkward because you're trying to, you're growing. Yeah, like you're you're discovering new things about yourself that you didn't even know like Mm. I for me it was like oh god not only am I in my 30s I'm trying to figure it out I'm also trying to figure out this whole mummy thing yeah you had a lot on your plate yeah so like in a relationship you're both and also what's hard what's weird and we forget is that we don't give each other the same grace to be like he's also trying to figure himself out yeah I'm trying to figure myself out and unfortunately Sometimes there can be cracks, but it's not that you don't love each other. But you're just like, we're trying to figure our own self out because he's also in his 30s and he's also trying to figure himself out. He's a first time dad too. So it's kind of giving, just giving each other grace, giving each other grace to give someone space to be like, okay, you figure, you figure what you're trying to figure out. Cause I just feel like right now, especially when with the lockdown, having a new baby and everything, I, like I always looked at him to be like, "What do you need from me? Are you okay?" Because in my own, like in my own head and in my own spirit, I'm worried. That, okay, like this is a lot, and men don't really communicate. Well, mine doesn't communicate. Like, tell okay. me. So I'm always like, mm-hmm. I'm always asking, like, "What do you need? Like, are you yeah. okay? What do you need mm-hmm. from you?" And yeah, what about yourself? Well, for me, I think I'm really grateful for having met him and having that person because I think it challenged me in a way and I've grown in a way I think it's I think it's accelerated my personal growth there's no from who you are in a relationship that intimate oh no way when you know when I speak to my friends who are in who my other friends who are in long-term relationships there's this like we Mm -hmm. never because we already have to compromise so much daily that I'm not it's funny because it sounds like a struggle you get used to it it's not like you're like oh my gosh I now have to do this but you've just yeah. really had to stop being about your ego yeah, and I yeah, yeah. It much easier to receive criticism because mm-hmm. you know like if it's a friend and they're always late 
you know, like you're only going to see them once or twice a month, maybe even if as you get older, even less, right? So you just start accommodating. Yeah. Like, okay, I know they're going to be late. I'll just get there. You might get a bit frustrated when they're still even half an hour later than, they, than you even anticipated, but it's fine. If it's someone yeah. that you're dating or you're, you're seeing them every week, twice a week, four times a week, I'm going to start shouting at you. I'm going to start losing it. And they're going to start losing it with you. And you start having to really interrogate yourself and so I think it makes it easier and also recognizing I think I don't know about you but I don't I think growing up for me I wasn't taught that you could be criticized without I don't know criticism was was a bad thing it was was yeah it wasn't like oh Keely you know you could do it you're doing this the wrong you're doing it this way and that's not really very nice and you could do it it was never it was never like that and so I think yeah being in a relationship in which you have to be able to say to someone, I don't like when you do, I still love you, but I don't like when you do that. It actually, is, I want to, I want to finish your life. It means it kind of frees you, it kind of frees you to receive criticism from other people without feeling like, Oh, I'm a bad person. Oh, oh they don't like no, me. It's it just, it's, yeah. It makes it so much true. easier. I think relationships, relationships definitely, it, it helps you grow as a person because imagine mm. you're living with someone and they see the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. And mm. there's someone that will pull up, pull you up on that and be like, hey, like, calm down. What's happening here? And like you said, I I don't like criticism. I, I can't even lie. Even now, you say criticism, I'm looking at you sideways. I'm like, I'm perfect. What are you talking about? However, it's, it's allowing me. Nobody loves it. Nobody says, oh, yeah, you know, it kind of me. It's so good to be like, you can criticize me and in the same breath, still love me. Yeah, exactly. Like, my partner will tell you all my bad, he will tell you, you tell yeah. him what's actually his bad bits. Oh, he's, he yeah. has a list. He will say she's this, she's that, she's stubborn, she don't listen, she don't do this. And you'll be sitting there going, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not, oh, I forgot about that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean but then it's so refreshing to be like in that same breath you know yeah. that it's all love you yeah. know that it's it's not coming from a bad place mm. it's actually coming from because some people you know as much as we get to this age and we're like oh you know I know myself I'm still trying yeah. to figure it out the person that you live with probably knows you a lot better than you think you actually know yourself because yeah. you're not actually aware of certain things no. that you do. No. Like, my partner my partner was the first one to tell me, you you do things that are very passive-aggressive. Oh, really? And, yeah. First of all, I was like, drag me. I know. Damn. No. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, drag me. But it allowed me then to sit back and be like, listen, I'm a Libra. I'm aware that I can be passive aggressive. I'm aware. <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. And also, I feel like it kind of it. It just. It, what is it? I don't know. It's just a special thing that's like, yeah, I'm passive aggressive. Okay, and someone can mm-hmm. you can now you can now take that elsewhere and be like, okay, I'm. I, this is not. Am I doing it now? Is this something I yeah. could be leaving? Behind? Do you know what I mean? And like, I realized I'm, I was yeah. probably the same as you. I would never, I would do the thing. I'm fine. But I'd be seething. Seething. You see? And I just, I think I'd never expected that 
it was having that it was about confidence about having the confidence to say to somebody i'm not happy about this and then mm-hmm. working to a solution like that was not how things were done in my kind of youth i didn't that's not how we communicated no. it was weird no. for me that, you know that was so that's really special and i think also what i really love is i feel like i've gained skills i never had like for mm. instance i am oh, wow. not endurance it's not for me that is not my natural come to like I'm not that kind of girl. That's not in my skill set, right? I'm, yeah. But my husband is a worker bee. Like, he will grind. And so I've, I've, I've admired that in him and seen what it takes to, to, to grow. And that's, no, it's recognized that that's what I'm missing. And he's encouraged me. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to keep going. He's like, you're going to keep going. And I found a tantrum and he's like, waited. And they said, okay, well. Come on now. <laughs> Wait till the tantrum's over. You know they yeah. don't care. That was fun. And and now we're going to get on with it. Um, and, and that's been really, really important for me. And I think vice I've done other I've done things for him. And so I think that's what helps. I feel like maybe that's also why we, we're at that point where we feel excited. Because that's what I feel when I speak to you. I feel this kind of like I get from me this sense that you're really excited to see what's next. And that you have oh my God. yourself and you're really, you know, this is it. This is the me that I've, I want to be. And this is why I'm, this is what I'm, this is where I'm going. I know where I'm stepping. And I feel like that, yeah. that, like, yeah, like it's, it's just having that confidence to be like, to, especially when you said at first, it's saying what you want. I think for the longest, I got to a stage where I was just like, wait I'm not hearing no's I'm not like what I'm not taking chances I realize actually you're you've kept yourself to yourself yeah. for so long that you're not yeah. putting yourself out there to hear no's anymore yeah. so here is yes, definitely... you're trying you're not really pushing yourself mm-hmm. you're, not you're not trying you, you, you shouldn't be there <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Is. I'm just like, I'm not hearing no's I'm not trying yeah. you know what the point that you made about um the qualities that you developed in relationship the one thing that I can say is what my partner's given me is just patience. I oh, I used to be, he's like, like sometimes he's so laid back. There's so mm. many times I'm like, my friend, are you alive? He's so laid back. Me, I, I'm like, let me check your polls. Are you okay? But I needed, yeah. <laughs> but I need, I needed, I needed that type of energy because it calmed me. It calmed yeah. me in times where I felt like I didn't have it all. He okay. always be like, it's okay, like, take it easy. So definitely, like, when you, relationships, not only does it teach you, it helps you grow. Yeah, yeah. It's it really, really does. I guess why I think it makes me so sad that we've got to this point where we almost, we, we've almost want to put relationships and personal lives in this tiny little box that's like an extra. Mm. Really the most important thing is the career and the car and the house and the money. And it's like, well, all of that stuff means nothing if you're not laughing and you're not, you're not yeah, having it, and you know, and everybody has different things. Everybody's got different joys. There's some people who I really admire who their career, they knew what they wanted to do. They're flourishing. And oh. I'm really happy to celebrate that with them. But I almost That's feel allowed to celebrate if you've been lucky enough to find someone to love and to love you and to yeah. live your life, you know, or to, to have a family. That's a, such a blessing, you know? to have a healthy oh my god especially in this especially with the climate that we're in I can't like to whenever I get to a stage where 
unfortunately human nature you get ungrateful you forget your blessing yeah honestly like babes when i tell you i look around and i'm like oh my people are healthy my baby's healthy i have love and i and also not to sound a bit cringe but baby do it (laughs) the love that i have the love that I have from my baby daddy gives me confidence oh, to go for things. It really does. Because I'm always like, wait, I can do anything. I have a man yeah. that's here who supports me. Like, yeah. even doing this. 10 minutes before this setup, this guy is doing this, hanging this, doing this. Always, always, always says to me. Backing it. And you're there like, for each other. Exactly. Like, my nan will be like... You know, my husband works... My husband works... He works... He's in healthcare and he works really, really long hours. And so mm. I'll back up his lunches and I'll, you know, do bits and pieces. And I get, he knows oh, that I'm really bad. I love it. Yeah, but I'm really bad at tedious jobs. Like, you know, when you come to tidying up, I'm good at the, I'm good yeah. at the clean. Yeah. But if there's socks to fold or a box of like, like I had a bag of old makeup and I just couldn't bring myself. I came back and he'd done it for me. And I just thought, I love you. Oh, I love you. It just, and it wasn't about complaining. It wasn't about you haven't done this. So I've had to do it. It was just like, I know you're not, this is not your strong point. And I'm, I'm happy to help you get through, do this, but so you can do the next bit. And it kind of, it also makes yeah. sure that on. But then I also think, we well, about gratitude. Don't you, do you ever have conversations with, older people in your family maybe your mother or your auntie or yeah. older cousins, and think i'm so grateful for the internet because self oh. internet has made me a happier healthier person i cannot sing the praises enough of those good quote accounts those accounts that are like practice gratitude gratitude because when I started saying one number one evening walking home I turned on the corner from my train station turned onto my road and the wind hit me like needles yeah and I thought to myself this is not life I hate this this is miserable and I stopped myself and I said no Akila because you're in this for like five minutes and then you get home there's heating there's food you'll be in a bed and somebody else in fact lots of people are going to spend the night in this weather and just that time to complain less has made me happier it really does because do you know what it does I also feel it's okay like I tell myself you know because I tell myself it's okay to say you're not happy about something but do Mm. something to change it don't like you can't be sitting there yeah like you can't it's fine to be like you know what I don't like this job I don't like what I'm doing I don't like this However, appreciate that you have the power to change it and it can change. So you can say you don't like something, but be grateful that you have the chance where you can change it. Some people don't have that chance. And be thankful for what you have already. You can recognize that you want to move on or you're ready. You've got to work for the next stage, but you can still be appreciative of what you've got. And I think what Mm -hmm. you're saying about, about not just complaining without action is that when you win, just focus on what you don't have and compare yourself to others and so they have that and I don't have that you're also belittling yourself because you're denying yourself agency you're denying yourself the power or recognizing that actually if I don't like it I can change it yeah there's this woman on Instagram beautiful that's beautiful of for me that's the most beautiful thing about getting older because Mm. I am I am in charge of myself. You no longer have to ask your parents for anything. You are a grown mm. woman. If you don't mm. like something, change yeah. it. Get 
Get up yeah. and change it. If you don't like your, if there's something about yourself that you don't like, yeah. you're not a prisoner to this. You can no. change it. Like, yeah. says, if you don't like your style today, wait, get your money up and buy something different all the time. Like, don't, like, I just, that's the thing that I love about getting older. I'm like, listen, I'm a grown woman. Anything that yeah. I don't like, I'm changing. I'm not a prisoner to it. You've had to develop because I think, I always thought, I think obviously as women, and there's that was that trope which has been discussed and dismantled a lot at the moment about the strong black woman. And I think we've mm. all kind of in, in, ingested that. But And I kind of, if someone had asked me a few years ago, I would have thought I was strong. I would have thought that I was confident. Um, Babes, me, I'm not. I realize I'm not okay with it. I wasn't. And I, and I realized as well that I was limited by this, it's all, I don't know where it comes from. I haven't quite got to that. I haven't quite figured that out yet. But this idea that as a woman, and maybe it's as a black one, I'm not sure yet, that I shouldn't expect things. I shouldn't ask for too much. And it's, mm. I feel like I've had to give myself permission to, to say, I want that. I'm ambitious for that. I'm going to get that. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. like, I like nice things. You know, every, you know, I would say to my husband, I always say to people all the time, if you ever see me with a nice car, know that my money is long because cars really don't matter to me. Like, I just don't yeah, care. Yeah. You know I mean, if it looks, like, I like things that look nice. So if there's a car, st- like, I like vintage cars, or like old, really old, like mm, 90s yeah, yeah. look. But in terms of, like, do I want to range? Am I dying? No, I don't care. People start talking about these things. I'm just, it just goes over my head. But I will spend money in a bag. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I like a nice shoe. I enjoy a lovely dinner. I would love to go on a nice holiday, you know, that I, you know, those I know, but I felt like growing up or it was always almost as if, oh, you want too much or you, you think, you think mm-hmm. you're nice, you're bougie or, you know, you're oh. a bouncy or whatever, you know, and I felt like oh. those those barriers that I then internalized for myself and I limited my own my own ambition and I think it's been Mm -hmm. really free like people like meeting people like Dior and then the people she's exposed me to and also seeing on Instagram other people going after what they want and saying well yeah why shouldn't I it's made me think yeah why shouldn't I you know oh my god and even that comments about yeah, and I think since working in fashion, um, I've made a conscious we because my husband and I have been we've been saving for a long time. So there became a point where you realize you haven't bought any clothes in ages. You haven't because every day is all no save and save, and then you get to a point where you're like okay, I'm just putting things off that need to be bought. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, well, do you actually not saving? You're just it just costs more money in the end anyway because now you've got to buy twelve pairs of socks rather than eight because you wore the other two down to the ground. So, do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. so, we've, so we kind of get to this decision. We're like, okay, well, we have to spend a little bit more. So my, I don't like, I like, I like to keep my clothes. I would rather spend money on one item and have it for 20 years. Then, and I think that's know, what, that's what adulthood has done for me. I, like, I've had the same scarf since I was like 19. Like, I love it. I'll get more, but I keep the same ones. I just want to add to it. I'd hate when I yeah. can't keep something. And so for me, I've been spending a bit more. And I think as I've gone older and as people around me are more aware of brands as well because of the internet, the commentary mm-hmm. is like, and it brought me back. It made me realize, as it's been happening, it made me realize that this is what used to happen to me. And I, sh- I shrank myself down because I, yeah. I didn't want to be made to feel like I was... You know, and now I'm just like I'm not. I'm not mad at them for making those comments 
that's fine. But I'm also not going to define that's their by your perception. That's a that's a yeah, you can, you can, yeah, yeah, it is designer. Okay, all right. Okay, what do you want to say? <laughs> you yeah, know, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Are you in my bag? Why are you in my bag? <laughs> Why are you in my bag? Unless you're buying me a bag, don't be in the bag. Like, unless yeah, you are exactly. buying me a bag, exactly, exactly. Don't be in I'm my bag. Money. How like, are she to pay my bills? Am I saying that? You know, so do you feel, do you feel that your like the older you're getting, you are mm. owning your personal style. Because I feel like yeah. the older, before, when I was younger, I don't know, being from South London, mm. I've always liked certain things. But <laughs> then I always say, when I go to South London, sometimes, especially my parents' area, I feel so out of place sometimes. Yeah. I'll be walking in there with yeah. a zebra print yeah, no, suit or zebra something print. Mm. And I'm going up the road, and I'm like, I feel so out of place. I, listen, when you put that on, I said, this, hey, then, look, we're giving you this. Hello. <laughs> so this is what I'm saying. So like, the older I got, I started owning my style, and I'm like, no, yeah. Yeah, I like, what I like. Yeah. bright. I'm Congolese. We like yeah. bright. We like over the top. We yeah. like yeah. Just, so, same. I'm giving it to you loud. You take it, take it. You don't want it, leave it. Like, this is me. Yeah. And you know what's really funny? I totally relate because I, there's two things I think that have happened for me. So the first one is I think mm-hmm. loving fashion and reading fashion magazines, I kind of felt trapped between two worlds. Like, and I feel like I'm only yeah. now at a point where I'm able to marry the things that I love from all these different places into, yeah. into distilling into who I am. Like I like my nails so long they, they could hurt you. I like lots oh, of jewelry, but I also don't really like very very tight clothes i'm more of a kind of a high neck subtle sexy so i like guess oh all of the not all of it and that's fine other people can but it just doesn't work for me um and so mm-hmm. i think when when i was looking into fashion there wasn't it was one or the other you were either mm-hmm. kim and a mary j blige and um oh what is kim, little kim stylist name again i can see her in my and she's Justin Coombs's uh, mum. She's amazing, and she, mm-hmm. she sort of came up with like Kim's look of like the head to toe one color or like Foxy Brown. I used to love, and even oh, like, I'm a Foxy oh, Brown girl. Love Foxy oh. Brown live or like, did you ever watch the Nanny with Nanny Fine? Yeah. No. Oh my god! Yeah. Did you ever watch? Um, oh, what is that show? And the theme tune was Love and Marriage. Love. And yes, uh, yes, yes. Um, I know they were to say she was ghetto and she was trash, but I was really, really into the looks. And I, but then at the same time, I love high fashion, so I feel like I've and vintage and I and androgyny, so I feel like it's kind of it's finding that soft spot, and then also, recognizing, yeah, yeah, that, that oh, that's me, that's a bit of me, and I think then also recognizing, like you said, about I'm giving you the oh, hold on, babe, okay, so. Akila, sorry to interrupt you, babe. Uh, you're in, it's saying that you're, um, it's not coming on the virtual. Yeah, it's saying something about internet. Internet. Oh. Can you, can you see yourself? Yeah, I can see myself. Okay, let me try. Um, oh. Let me try something. 
Let me go on um, personal hotspot no in the meantime. Yeah, hotspot. no problem. Um, Do you know what? This whole time, my picture behind me has been so wonky. I'm trying not to obsess over it. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't do it to yourself. I try, to, I try not to be so anal about it. And I just, I just leave it there. But it's been really bugging me. Let me know if you want to restart we could always like start something refresh it yes you're back i see you perfect I see the you. saves the day perfect. um and i just think uh, the other thing was I thought, yes so the other <laughs> fun day for life um the other thing was that and i think i found that hard because when you when i don't this hard trying to be, I feel like being black British is really complicated. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how to be both or what my both looked like. Yeah. And I think in my style, that as well. And I think what you're saying about really being bold is like realizing as well that just gray wearing all black just doesn't work for me. I don't look good. I don't look good. Mm. I feel good. Put me in my hot pink. Where's the line? Where's the stripe? This is Yeah. Like for me, I got to a point after I had my kid, I got kind of lazy. I got mummy mode. And I was just like, at least you had the kid as a as a I had no child. I just got lazy. I really stopped trying. I really stopped trying. Yeah, I got lazy and I was just like, and I wasn't happy. And and I know some people be like, mm, it's not that deep. It's close. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't know me. When I dress up, it is it. It's a pleasure from the soul. You don't understand. Like it's. I know I've been extra. My little sister is gonna hear this and be like, look at this drama queen. But I'm still. <laughs> I don't care. When I dress up, when I have something, it's not even. I realize that I dress for myself and I dress for all my girls who understand me. Yeah. Because even my own partner always says, "You love this." Bow, boho overdress size with 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 a coat he knows my style now and i swear to you i fell in love with him even more when he said that he's just like you look good i like this style oh that's and it's appreciating you because yeah, he knows He's you. he knows that I, yeah i'm like i don't he knows i'm not one for like tight i love tight dresses i love when i'm going out I'll be like oh yeah i can do it i want to but not every day i don't know what I'm not a house of CB girl. I think it looks great. I'll go on the website. I'll see oh, no, CB and I'll be like, that is banging. You look so bad. And I'll be like, where did you get it? They'll be like, house of CB. And I'll be like, why is it not looking on me like it looks on her? I'm like, okay, well, this isn't my lane. And that is absolutely mine. <laughs> she is singing in it, but it's not my lane. No, it's absolutely agree. But I also think it's more than that. It's not just, it's not just a matter of vanity when it comes to how you dress. I feel no. like you're telling people something about yourself. And that was also something I feel like working in fashion gave me permission to do. It gave me permission to commit yeah. and spend my time and my money on my clothes because it was an expression of myself. Yeah. I feel like I feel like my style is very nuanced. It tells you a lot about who I am. And I feel like you're saying the same thing about your own. And it's like, well, 
I can I can tell from you that you like pattern, but that you also like to play with color because you put on red lip and then you've got the blonde mm -hmm. braids. And so you're giving me details about who you are. And I have an expectation of what you're going to be like when I speak to you. And I know so when I had given up on myself, mm -hmm. the world gave up on me. Like yeah. the way people dealt with me when I was out was so different. I often felt either yeah. invisible or just like it was everyone was just a bit dismissive but because you have because i've asked it's almost like you've said don't look at me yeah because you're hiding because yeah. bright colors it takes a lot of confidence to wear bright colors in a space in a space especially where i'm based in uh enfield oh, <laughs> you walk through there it, it takes a lot of confidence to walk through there with a mint green coat like i like the sound of this coat listen like it takes a lot and i feel like definitely the older i've got i've accepted my star i've yeah, accepted like i think you mentioned something about oh there's a space sometimes with certain black women that mm -hmm. we don't really showcase those black women it's the black women that feel that feel like sometimes they're called the bounty yeah. there's certain situations where you're like mm, are you really black especially when mm -hmm. you're from south london what south london girls are and i mm. see it all the time i saw on twitter when people are laughing they're like oh the rough girl there was south london the girls that look like this are south london and i'm like we do think we do think if, if it's if it's crazy it must have come from south it must it must have come mm -hmm. from south <laughs> <laughs> there's no respect on your name though don't really think about it there's no there's any respect on your name you deserve this is what i'm saying you do deserve this is what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I think East is worse. Not the people. Yeah. I love everyone in London. Please don't anybody come and kill me. But, um, I when I was in East London, I was like, I lived in East for uni, and I was like, oh my gosh, it was bit, mm -hmm. it was bits. But I do really exactly what you're saying. I feel like, but I feel like it really comes down to this really narrow perception we have of what it is to be. If you pronounce your exactly. you can't be black. You know, like if you don't use slang you can't be black. And so maybe I just am able to switch between the two. Or maybe I know that I wish this wouldn't carry that off because it's not genuine. So why am I going to Exactly. Be if you see me, you'll know that I know who I am and where I come from, you know? Exactly. If you see me, just because I don't eat Caribbean food day doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. Doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not proud of where I come from. I'm very proud of my heritage. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, my nan invested a lot of time. I spent my childhood writing that the family tree <laughs> very who we are where we came from you know and i look forward to boring my own children with the same information but it's it's more it's that i feel that that's more now i look back on it when people made those comments about me i realize it's more like you said that's a them problem it's not a me problem mm -hmm. yeah you don't have to carry it yeah. so if i so what would you say standing here like where you are now yeah. what is the best what has age taught you just where you are oh, wow. at this stage of your life i know it's a hard question yeah hard, hard. I, I know, it's infinite because it's, it's almost like what hasn't it taught me <laughs> um you know what it has taught me the most important thing actually it's taught me that i know nothing because mm. when i look back at when i was 21 when i was 25 i thought okay I've met, i know what i need to know then the lessons came and then the next lesson came and then the next lesson came and I continued to anything. And so now I understand that I always be lacking information and that's okay. And there'll always be lessons yeah. to be learned. Like I've never ever be that, I don't want to, it's 
arrogance sounds so harsh, but I can't think of any other word. It wasn't like I was yeah. consciously dismissing things, but I just didn't know how much I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, you felt like you knew enough. Yeah, and now I know, I know for sure that I know nothing. I know I know lots of things. I've had lots of experiences. I know that in the scheme of what, that my life is going to continue. I'm going to continue to look back and go, oh, I could have done it that way. Like, for instance, and this is something I'm sharing because I think one of the things that really frustrates me is how 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 people in black to like black Twitter, black Instagram, black conversation. Something we really difficult, we really struggle with is talking about money, and so yeah. smart money, and what that that smart money choices often mean sacrifices you don't want to make. And like my husband and I have been saving. And mm -hmm. we had a conversation with a solicitor saving to buy, and she was advising us on how to secure for assets in the family. So yeah. my mum, my mum, basically securing my mum before we purchased ours. And we were like, we're at a stage where we can't do because if we do yeah. that, we won't get our first time buyer privileges. Okay. It was fine, but we understood what she was saying, and it really, really has. We're making our decisions. However, yeah. The other day I said to him, I've had a revelation. If I had known at 20, 22, when we first started thinking about saving and going on to buy, I wouldn't have been saving from my place. I would have been saving. I said, I would have made sure we all put our money in to paying off the first mortgage because that's a better use of money. We're paying so much interest. Then everybody then mobilizes to help you get your first property and then you do that and you mobilize again and it's like now i i i try to i try to learn from anyone i try to listen to everyone and yeah i try to share information as much as i can as gently as i can um because i just think i know that i i knew i i knew nothing i know nothing mm -hmm. i continue to know nothing and that is fine i love that i'm really enjoying learning you know, I'm not mad at myself for not knowing. Fine. What you can only do what you know. <laughs> so that's what I just told yeah, You're so right. When you said, don't be mad at yourself for not learning. I think with the lockdown, mm. I, I realized I had so much more time to read and research. And I was just like, I felt bad. I was just like, wait, why don't I know? And I was like, this if you don't know, this is back. There you go. There you go. Yes. Um, sometimes we need to reset things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what was I saying? You were talking about yeah, no, I was just, more. yeah, I was just saying lockdown, I felt like the first time when everything was happening, especially with the Black Lives Matter and everything, I felt such a sense of how did I because everyone was just like, Oh, white people should have known. And I was like, I felt shame. I was like, wait, I don't know. And and then I was like, why no? Take the time to read. It's okay not to know. You can't know everything. You can't know everything and it's okay and i think you also mentioned previously just how instagram has exposed you to so many things yeah so many people so many yeah and i appreciate instagram for that like i'm always like it has exposed me to so many mm. people and like, like women like dior i'm very familiar with pepper your talk i'm very familiar with dior i'm very familiar with all that and yeah. i love there's nothing i love more than seeing i people women living their best life or mm. doing what they love mm. but when i see black women doing it i'm like oh this <laughs> you're inspiring me oh because i'm saying it's never from a place of jealousy no it's from a place where if you are doing it you're telling me that i can do it mm. that's all. 
when I speak to women like yourselves in different careers, I'm just like, sis is telling me that I am occupying this space and I am doing it with my all and everything. I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it in whatever space I, whatever industry I want to do it in. And that's what Instagram has really, really helped me. Yeah, I think like, so. it, I think, and I think it depends on what kind of person you are, because I think you don't remember that it's you curate your own Instagram. You decide what you take in. Yes. And I, I'm a very, very active unfollower of anyone that doesn't make me feel good about myself. Like it's got to go. Oh my god, absolutely. It's my time, it's precious, and it's, it's almost like you're kind of hypnotizing yourself with it. Mm-hmm. If I'm on someone's account, and I've sent, you know that kind of feeling you get where mm-hmm. you're not really, you're a bit salty. You're the yeah. Can you anything? And you don't mm-hmm. know why, and you ultimately not only do I not want that for my in my, but I don't want to be wishing you ill. Why should I wish you ill? You're only living your life and flourishing with me, and maybe I'm not ready to see you doing that. You know, and I think for me as well, my own confidence has really helped do that because as I've developed my confidence, I've recognised like what you said. I don't have to envy anybody because. Mm-hmm. And if I want something, I should just go and get it. And I think, I think Instagram does get a bad rep because it can be a bit of a horrific place. It can be more yeah. ugly and very, yeah. But it can also be really wonderful. It's a great like collective, collective identity and hope. And you know, like through lockdown, Instagram helped me so much. It helped me so much. At times I felt, I would have felt alone. Or I would have felt extremely isolated with the people that I live with. And I got fed up. I got really fed up of being my mum's daughter or, you know, so-and-so's, I, I just I just wanted to just be me, just Akila, just, I just wanted to have that singular identity. Instagram gave me that. It gave me a lot of laughs as well. I love, I just want to like, take a moment to, to appreciate your Instagram page, big. Oh. <laughs> the, energy, the energy that you put in your post, I can't, I, I look at it, I said, look at this. She showed us that we all don't have 24 hours because like I'm the creator as well. Look, this is what I mean, learning curve. Next, next, next um introduction I have to ever do. I was as as having learned on the after 25, I have learned to introduce myself properly, Akila Kirby, freelance fashion writer and content creator. Amen. Yeah, thank you. I love that you thank you that means a lot no and everyone that's hearing this watching this please go and check her instagram because i'm a visual person mm-hmm. i love looking at pretty things i love like i'm i don't consider myself to be as creative as some people but i can appreciate i have yeah. the eye to appreciate yeah. i'm always like i love what i love thank style. you, I really thank you so much it's just been it's just been so much fun and such for me because I didn't, I didn't, I like creating things. I have a vivid imagination, but yeah. it was anything special. I just thought everybody can do this. I just need to apply them. I'm telling you, not everyone can do this. We don't have the time. No, do we have I, just, I just have really enjoyed it and it's made me feel seen. And yeah. The response I get is just amazing. I'm always so amazed at how much people vibes with it and they feel it. And I think 
also to a voice of something that I believe in, which is like positive and encouraging and yeah. not smug because Instagram, Instagram, Instagram content can be very self-satisfied and I hate it. I hate it. You have bad days like everybody else. Why are you only showing this or why are you writing this? It's all about, and I just try to create that energy and it's really, I'm really enjoying it. It's so much fun. Sharing. Yeah. It looks so much fun. It, and it really, it really does. What else we can kind of create in these spaces. Honestly, like it, I honestly love it. I always look through it. Whenever you come through and I'm just like, oh, here she goes. I like she's gonna give it. <laughs> she goes. And while I'm looking at it, I'm in my pajamas. Hey, hey, my lovely happiness. Because we've kind of, I've kind of plotted out some stuff to um like I get really excited and I've got something that I think everyone's gonna love and I'm like really and it's funny because I mean even though I found the lockdown very very draining at times and like this mm-hmm. one hit me harder than I thought it would like the the, yeah. the yeah the expectation of it because you know what you're going into now it's not like last mm-hmm. time where you've been going to work every day anyway so like, oh actually this is quite nice this is like, i've been yeah. home i've been at home but where i actually started it simply because i was freelance and i just thought i can't work i wasn't working at all because everything had and i wasn't on furlough and i thought okay it's gonna be i didn't know what it was gonna be like when we got out and i just thought i need to do something i need to be doing something else i'm developing some new skills I'm exploring what else I can do, creating a digital profile or a digital CV. And if you ask me in a year or six months or whatever, what have I done? What have I been doing all the time? I can say, well, I've been creating content and I've been just curating. I didn't really, I don't know if I'd really considered it beyond that. It was just like, I'm just going to see what I can put out there. It's just been so much fun. And so... It's been, like it's been lovely to have these relationships, these conversations, with people about like a random photo of like me in a. No, no, it's, so, it's, <laughs> it's so good to see because you can tell, like, you can tell you're such a visual person because we have like Anita, our mutual friend. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you guys, she's like, you guys are gonna get on yeah, so she's much. Always and, says. She's always like this, and like just looking at your pictures, I'm like, I just, love, I'm like, she has, she has energy that I don't have to do this. But I love just how you put things together. Yeah. It is stunning, honestly. It, so it comes through and it looks beautiful, and I love it. Thank um, you. So why do you want to ask? We get into that point. Ooh, so, I know where we're headed. I'm excited. Okay, so skincare. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> so skincare. I always say, I always talk about my personal experience with skincare. Yeah. I've had, oh, I've had a journey with skincare. Really? Like, yeah, like I, I started breaking out like normal, like normal teenagers. Mm-hmm. Sixteen, I had the worst. Started getting acne, dark marks, and everything. Yeah. And coming from a Congolese uh, household, we don't talk about skincare like that. We talk about bleaching. Mm-hmm. We have creams. We have not to treat dark marks. It's to lighten dark marks. Erase that information. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I ever got when I was. Yeah, when I was younger, that was the only conf- information. And it was only my mom that was like, when I really started breaking out, I was young, because it took a lot of confidence off me. I was just like, I'm 16, yeah. already already, already bigger than most people in my group, going yeah. through this, and now I've got acne too. And my mom pushed me 
towards <laughs> towards uh, Clinique. She was just like, try this and really help. Oh, that's yeah, like she and she, she wasn't, wasn't even really into her it. Like, oh, we love to see it. <laughs> and, and I realized I was like, she was never even really into skincare like that because there was never a conversation with mom yeah. was like, oh, use this and help you. That's so lovely. Yeah, it really is. And that pushed me into the relationship with skincare. But it was sorry. So just to clarify, <laughs> your first relationship or interaction into skincare was with Clinique. Yes. Yes, what she said. She said, I was, I was, at the time, I was working in MS. So, you know, oh, MS back then, MS used to pay. So, I was like, I, I can afford. I'm upset that I missed. I feel like it's a right of passage for black people in the end. And I really, really, I really didn't. I was a primer. And that definitely didn't pay. So I really missed out. And you like had shares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have shares? Was that just John Lewis? No, I think that was John Lewis. Yeah. And it's like 20% off. That's a nice life. That was the best thing. You don't understand. I've never bought anything full price at MS. And now that I'm no longer there, it burns my heart. Every time you said that, it's what price? <laughs> I'm not cookies 120. Oh. For four? Oh, you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. going to the till. But I, you know, I used to, I used to work here. Yeah. <laughs> no? It doesn't mean nothing? No, exactly. No, so, yeah, so my skin journey started there. But then it kind of didn't really, I didn't really push it even more until I had a, until I had my son as well. Okay. Because after having my son, we don't have these type of conversations, especially with within Black women's circles. Yeah. Just how much pregnancy will affect your skin i think a lot of people see it like oh it's superficial no it's not it it builds a a lot of issues like you've had a baby you're already going through all that and then your skin is telling you sorry sis we haven't finished here's a couple of uh, pregnancy as an adult i have to be frank like when it just looked like really good fun you got a big round thing at the front the baby kicked it was you got to rub your bed it was nice Mm -hmm. As I've gone older, I'm just thinking this, this, this. It, it is. It is. You're another way. <laughs> I really wish, but it helps. I like the people being more honest about it because it prepares you. It really does. You're in it. You don't feel like, oh god. Exactly. exactly. So like, with the skincare thing, I was like, no one told me that after I push this baby out, my skin will tell me. So it's after this, you were no. pregnant is when you yes. said, "All right, what's happening?" Because obviously the mm-hmm. changed suddenly, and it was, yeah. it was, yeah. And of course, you don't have time to think about yourself. Nothing. Nothing. I don't know. Because while I was pregnant, my skin was glowing. Oh, when I was pregnant, all I used was a little coconut oil. Oh, really? and I, said, I was just sitting back, just, just, just glowing. Honestly, and then it was after, and then I was just like, okay, like let me get back to the skincare, like really, really pay attention to it. But like always look back, and I was like, with a lot of black women, I see us were into skincare. Mm. But I don't think companies like to acknowledge us mm-hmm. into skincare. Mm-hmm. And, and then even amongst my own, some of my friends, whenever you talk about, oh, have you used this cleanser? They're like, oh, you're doing too much. So I'm always like, really? Yeah. I know some friends who are just like, mm, this is, what is this? You use this? Oh, that's too much. So what's your relationship with skincare? Interesting. Because you know what you're saying about 
black women in skin i think that like i don't this is slightly off topic but before i get there you but does your mom look at you and you put your makeup on and be like why are you doing all of that oh my my mom always says my face is gonna fall off so it's like they didn't they didn't have that relationship with makeup think i imagine i'm thinking most of us haven't seen our our mothers doing lots of hair because we didn't have the time so i feel like maybe that's why for me um my grandmother is very very about her skin and i used to think it was a jamaican i think it's because on her mother's side was she's haitian and they're very much into natural remedies and skincare and my grandmother also grew up in the country in jamaica and so a lot of yeah. natural organic ingredients just what you have around you and she's always she's always she's always been like that so i remember even being young she'd be yeah. using and doing aloe vera facials and she'd have an aloe vera plant oh, yes. have aloe vera yes, time, who knows why but whatever um i think she's just too rough with a comb um but <laughs> We're just breaking up all my ends. But I think that, so for my relationship with skincare, I remember my mum, Primrose Hill scrub that she had. And I used to cheat mm-hmm. whenever she wasn't in the bathroom. So I think I've always taken care of my skin. I've always yeah. had good skin. It's something that people always comment on my skin. And I, I've always had good skin. So I think as I got older, I took a good run last few years i've started seeing it saying to me okay you think this is just so but now so then I, so then i started looking at what everybody else was doing i used to use mm-hmm. simple when i was like a kid then i went to a body shop and then it's like there's so much information out there now you need to use a cleanser you need to use an eye serum you need to use this you need to use that and i yeah spf you need to use an acid you need to use oh so I kind of dipped my toe, felt very overwhelmed, and I'm stripping it back to basics. I'm really focusing on... Sorry, sorry, my love. It's done the... Your face is gone again. They don't like me. Right. (laughs) Sorry, try what you did last time. Did you refresh it again? This must be a personal thing. Honestly, they don't like you. What is happening? I think... Okay. Whenever it's loading, it's got like a a figure of a guy there, which I don't know why. Now it's just gone black. Yeah, back. Oh, gone again. Yeah, got me. Back. Yeah. How, can, yeah. how can my iPhone be better than my Wi-Fi? I don't understand what's going on. I actually, yeah, I had an article to submit, and I had to. I sometimes, you know, those things where you're like, "I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to," and then so I had mm-hmm. to through. I had to work on it through. The, and the Wi-Fi was just playing games with me. And I just thought, "This is the ghetto. <laughs> I don't need this." Like, I, I think no, I at the same time, I'm sure of it. Oh, it is. It definitely yeah. is. I have times when my internet just stops for no reason, and I'm having to like put my head outside to get reception. I'm like, what kind of? Where have we gone? How have we lived like this? This is. The We're not even going to talk about my phone. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, I think where my relationship with skincare at the moment is actually, I really 
is so soft. It's so soft. So I'm trying to mm. kind of find a balance for myself, which is not so many steps that I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not, a tw- I'm not a tw- 25 step girl. I can't do it. I can't. So it's not for me. And I natural um, yeah. and just try and tie in and maybe a more holistic thing. So I'm really into, do you know, face gym? Yes, yes. Really, Frankie's telling me. I'm really into facial massage at the moment. My nan always used to make me do, you know, the exercises. Mm -hmm. She used to always be like, you need to tap your chin like this, and then what does that do? Like she get less double chin. Yeah, and like scoop it back. So this I can tuck it in. Yeah, right. Facebook. So I'm, I'm. That's why I'm with skincare. I think there's a couple brands I really love. I really. Tata Harper, she's all organic. The pack. Oh, I like Tata Harper. They're not cheap though. Oh, expensive. Oh. I, mm. I had this oil that I used like a tiny drop or so. Tiny drop. And my people be like, oh, honestly, it was like the beauty. I don't think they discontinued it. It was like a beautifying face oil. And I felt like my skin got more and more moisturized throughout the day. Where really, really recommend their stuff. Um, and I, I live by the body shop, Vitamin E. Wonderful. Yes. Do you know what? The body shop is all, it's like such a little favorite of mine because it's really? everywhere. You can just jump in there and get something. It has so many gems. Like they've got this hand cream with vitamin C and I've been using it. I was just like, wait, guys, it's really been helping with like my dark. Has it? Sometimes you just, yeah. yeah. I love it. And it's got SPF well. And you don't have to feel guilt about what they're doing to the environment or the planet. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is a big thing as well. I'm so conscious. I'm trying to make better choices. It's not always easy, but knowing mm-hmm. at least, like their vitamin E cream is wonderful. I can have a spot, put that night cream on, wake up in the morning, that spot is gone. And my skin is plump. Yeah, It's wonderful. It's affordable and it's a responsible company. But I do feel like skincare has got a bit mad. Do you not know, want a bit... It's, do you know what? I think because so many people have time oh, okay. and it's, been, it's just gone to a point where it's too much. Like I want people to be like, it's not, skincare is not that serious. It, it's really not. It is, you could do literally, like I love skincare. Like don't get me wrong. I am the person at home. Once the baby's asleep, oh, yeah. I pop open my bottle and I am there just moisturizing, cleansing, toning, masking. Like, I literally, I love I love all of that, but I also feel like it's not that serious. Yeah. It's, you shouldn't. It's really not that deep. I think it's, it's just want... been about care to being about, mm-hmm. and I feel like yes. it's gone about how good you can look without makeup on, as to how am I taking care of my skin, how am I looking after my skin. Like I just think it's gone a bit wild, and there's also it's gotten very salesy. Everyone's trying to sell you something new. And it's too much. It's a lot. Do you have any aspirational like skincare brands, like brands that you're like, when I get coin, that's where I'm headed. I think Le Mer, La Mer. <sighs> I used a sample yes. the other day on my hand and I wanted to cry. No, yes. Nice. Honestly, I went to Selfridges and she gave me a sample for uh, the face cream. Yeah. And I'm pro- like, literally, I'm saving up for that face cream. I don't care what no one says. I don't care the judgment. It's I'm saving up for it. It's wonderful. Because it's stunning. Like, I think recently someone said to me, 
someone said to me, oh, put a list together of brands, you know, that you'd want to work with and just try and kind of, if you're trying to work with them, put the list down. That's clever. That was my number one. I was just like, I I really want to try this brand. It looks insane. And I haven't heard one bad thing about it. I just can't justify spending 200 pounds. I don't have that. Straight away. Also, because I have a man, so I'd have to just and that is not my life I, I can't be doing any more of that I've already got no that's enough like you have to show them, you have to show them like calculations mathematics I like my friends is, my friend. when you're lying you know you're trying to be vague and then later on they'll be like I knew you were lying the way that cost that price because otherwise you wouldn't have been like you were trying to be like oh yeah it was only 15 pounds was it was it <laughs> I really do I'll be like I'm like, babes, don't ask questions. Yeah. It's none of your business. Okay. Be on my list. That's that would be a dream. Somebody recommended my friend. They said that's really good. Um, and I which one? Prairie Switzerland. I've never used any of their products, but she said the cream was fantastic. They said yeah. as well. My favorite beauty haul, though, I do love Selfridges. Shout out all my Selfridges family, but. I love the beauty hall in Liberty. It is one of my favorite yes. places. They're so, it's so peaceful and calm. And I can spend hours in there going from one little table to another little table discovering new things. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the Beulah? Do you speak any French? I, I speak a little bit. Okay, don't, don't, don't judge my pronunciation. It's Recherche, I think. It's this French brand. It's like Kemet because French skincare oh. approach. They're all about chemistry. Yeah, yeah. They're all like yeah, yeah. When I went to France, I indulged in the chemistry thing. I went. The last time we went, oh my god, let me not even talk about traveling. It'll make me cry. Um, but the last time we went, we went to Paris. I literally was like, okay, let me buy all the products that they've been talking about. And I went to the chemist and I bought all of it. So much. Good for you. It's all very like scientific, their skincare approach. Mm-hmm. And so there's this brand, and they, they won't let you buy anything until you sit down and they do like an assessment on your skin with this machine. They check, the- yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, what's it? Bi- oh, yeah, no, no, no. Why is it? Biology, biology, which yes, yes, yeah. I love them. I want to use their P50 um serum, it's like the placenta one, smells, but it's supposed to be one. Mm. That's on my list. Uh, Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair was on my list for a very long time. I got it. Try it. And I'm underwhelmed. Really? Yeah, but to be fair, I'm not the most consistent. But the Tata Harper wasn't 100% consistent, but I still saw in the Yeah. The way that people bang on about advanced night repair, but maybe, but they do say it's one of those things you're supposed to use over a long period to like prevent aging. But I'm just a bit disappointed. Do you? I think I used it. See, I someone bought it for me, mm. and like when I when I gave birth, my friend bought me a small little bottle, and I really loved it. Oh, that's nice. It did wonders for me. Yeah, it really. She did. This is actually a really good present, and I'm like, friends, please do this when your friend's having a baby. Don't just buy the baby. No, gift. I, I, buy I always mommy. buy the mama gift because I always think you're getting yeah. baby's getting loads of gifts. Yeah, like my friend bought me a nice little skincare pack thing, and I was just like, oh, that's the best nice. gift. And I tried it, and I really liked it. I don't know if it was because. My skin hadn't used a lot of things while I was pregnant. I tried to stay away from so much. Yeah, I tried to avoid because I wasn't sure. They were like, "Oh, you can't use this. You can't." Yeah. So I was just like, "You know what? Like, what? Let me just keep it taken into your body." Yeah. 
Exactly. So I just thought, hey, I'll leave this. So I was just doing coconut oil, really basic stuff. And so when she gave me that, I tried and I was just like, oh, it opened my skin. But again, I think maybe it's because I hadn't used anything. I kind of like detoxed my skin that anything would have worked well. I really also mm-hmm. like um, Emma Hardy, Marie. Like oh my gosh, that is the best. I she's fantastic, Emma Hardy. Her stuff. Is I used to get, I used to get twenty percent off that. That isn't yes, because M and S used to sell beauty stuff. This is another reason why I'm heartbroken that I don't have M and S anymore. Like that, that face oil is so beautiful. Her stuff is just perfect. Amazing. You feel it working. It's really. Mm-hmm. What else I using the other day? Oh, how has this? Elizabeth Arden. Oh. eight hour cream. I can't go anywhere without That's that. It. I can't go anywhere. It's a... That's it. hands. That's lips. That's elbow. That's. Listen, people talk about Vaseline. This is grown woman Vaseline. This is grown woman Vaseline. You can put this everywhere. I walk around converting people all the time. All the time. Honestly. What's that on your lips? So it should be this. All the time. And then on the winter, I'm going to get the SPF one. I'm just, I, wonderful. Best. It really is. It really is. You know when something is hyped up, I feel like this is like the Lemur. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's worth the hype. I've tried, I really, I do really like it. I remember also, my mum put me on that. My mum was like, oh, listen, this woman tries to pretend she don't know. Every time she sees me use stuff, she's like, oh, you're using too much. But she's the one who encourages this. She put me on it. I remember the nice section of boots. She wasn't on the aisles. She was in like, she was in the pop-up section. (laughs) I love that one. That is one of my favourites. That is a really good one. Honestly, people need to do it. Yeah, it's really good. Have you tried Benton? No, I haven't. Really good. No, good I haven't. Like really? Blackheads. And like, mm. I've used it. Like, I, I mix my black apple cider vinegar. And then the next, I do it normally the night. And then I go to bed. And in the morning, my skin is much brighter. I'm just not very careful, Yeah. But it's really good. So that's what I mean. Uh, I feel like there's so much out there. And it's trying to figure out your lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's trying to find for you. I think that's the thing, like, with skincare that I that I try to tell people. I'm like, there's so much information out there and it's so crowded yeah. and you'll get so, you'll get, you'll get pushed to, you'll feel some type of way. You'll be like, oh my God, it's too much. I can't do yeah. it. But it's find what works for your yeah, skin. Exactly. Like, find what works for you, what your skin needs. Yeah. Learn your skin and do that. Like, I love looking at other people's pages just to get recommendations. Be like, oh, that's something. Let me research. No, I get carried away. I start thinking I haven't got the things that I need. And it's like, do you know what? I don't I don't need to buy every product. Also, I'm not a product junkie. So I just try to keep I think I'm just trying to keep mine simple. Like the eye creams, I've never used one. And I think, should I be? Where would you stop? I think so. I think they're all very overwhelming. And just it really is. I think on my long term goal is in consistent routine. Yeah. Sculpting massages, you know, do some gua sha. And I'm really desperate for puncture. And have you have you heard of a woman called um Sarah Sarah Braddon? 
Yes, 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 I have. Yeah, the trans- she's she's got a place in, is that in London? Yeah, her transformations are crazy. Really? Yeah, oh. just how she, how acupuncture in, it changes your skin. Stunning. I was really, I'm really into it. Definitely that. And I just think I wanted those kind of holistic, classic way medicine um, have a lot to offer. So, see, I've, I've never been, I can't lie. I, I hate when people, like, when they find out something, like, oh my God, I'm all about it. Yeah. I'm always like, I see it, but I'm like, I'm, I haven't really... I'm fine. Yeah, like I haven't adapted to it, but I love that because I want to try so many things. Like my dream is I just want to stay looking like this forever. I don't mind looking older, yeah. I really don't mind. I just don't want to rip it. Like I want, I want my skin to still be smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glows to it, you know? I don't mind looking older. I don't mind a wrinkle here and there. I just... Oh, I'm not scared of aging. No way, I've seen now. it. <laughs> just sag. Yeah, I, I was having this the conversation with my friend because I was like, you know, we all obviously turn our noses up at, well, some of us do, at so at so plastic surgery. I was like, would you ever consider it? And she was like, she was like, I just can't even get myself into that headspace because I'm black and we don't age. And I was like, I know we all say this, yeah. But... We're living very different lifestyles from our parents and our grand, from our mothers and our grandmothers. I'm not tell them that our skin is loving us the same way. It's not. I'm not going to age the same way. Like it's much more polluted. We don't eat the same food. We drink more at all. Lots more of us are, are either smokers or social smokers. We don't sleep with drugs. Yeah. No, I don't. I honestly, I'm. I can't lie to you. I'm all about. I'm all about tweakments, uh, Botox and things like that. I want to be that woman who I want to, when I'm like, when my money's long, yeah. I'll be like, babes, I'm just going to the shops. Really, I'm just going to yeah. get a little tweak, tweak hit. I'm all for it. I'm not against I'm it. absolutely all for it. As long as, as long as it looks good. I think we've got, I hate to always be like, oh, it's black women, but we have so, like we, some of us, we have such this bondage that we can't do certain things mm-hmm. based on, old ideologies black don't cry da, 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 da. yeah and i'm like free yourself from it me i have i am free once my money gets to that point i'm going to get it yeah i will for, if it makes you happy for my 35th yeah and it's always like do it mm. do whatever makes you happy if it's not hurting anyone else and it's not also hurting you because a lot of things are are not safe for you to do. Mm-hmm. However, if it's safe and it's not hurting yeah. you, do it. Why? Why not? Why not? Who needs to know? Mom, I, I, I never saw anybody wax any black women waxing their upper lips when I was growing up. But I, I regularly wax mine. They wax- what, babe? Every two weeks, I'm told when I need to wax mine. <laughs> My mom was not baking using powder. She wasn't doing a contour. Like we can evolve. We don't have to be. You know, but then I do. I do also worry that I feel like there's so much, there's so much insecurity tied into how black mm-hmm. people, what black people are told about their appearances. That I worry mm-hmm. that we're susceptible to this pressure, and I look on the internet and, yeah. and I feel like we're getting washed away in and becoming obsessed with our appearances. Like there's nothing else that matters. Noses are getting, yeah. lips are getting bigger. Everyone's changing and lifting and tightening and what's a life than that and I, I worry as well that you know like um I didn't ever feel conscious about my my body and I never looked at 
anybody who will I mean I had I suppose I did but I feel like growing up black women have always been much more liberated with their bodies I think than than women in white culture are encouraged to be and I think because of yeah. carnival and our ideas of our ideas of what sexy is or attractive we also celebrate more a, a, a wider range of bodies and I'm quite, yeah, yeah, within our communities. Yeah, yeah. And I'm quite concerned that we're going to lose that because everybody wants to be big chest, honey waist, big, big bum. bum. Yeah, and it's not okay to look at anything else. What if you work it, like that? It, this is the thing. I A lot of us don't look like you that. You don't look like, natural. Like, a lot of us don't look like that. And I think that was something that I, like, for me, I've always been a big girl. Yeah. I've always yeah. been a big girl. From when I was young, I've always been the big girl. Yeah. And a lot of times that insecurity came from, like, growing up, I was always self-conscious about my money. Okay. I got older, I was just like, this is me. I can, I don't want to look skinny. I just want to look the healthy version yeah. of myself. Yeah. I, I, like, I got to that stage where I was just like, I, I naturally have a bum. I naturally have a bum. Mm. Working out, I know how I can tone it, how I can... Like I'm working with what I have. Um, it's do you know what I mean? I think I wish a lot of us would a lot of us would accept that we are not all built the same. Sis, some of us are built like P shaped, some of us are top heavy, lower down, some of us are big bums at the bottom, so flat chested. And I just wish that we would stop taking um criticism or anyone else's idea of what your own body should be like. Or even accepting a man's idea yeah. of what a woman's body should be like. I'm like, sir, you're in the wrong situation. Get out. Hi, sir. I don't yeah. understand it either. And I did. I agree with you. I do worry. And it does make... It's sad because I think that's one of the things that fashion offers. It, uh, when, mm. you, when you read a lot of fashion magazines or you're interested in fashion or you look at clothes... Oh, you've gone again. You've, got, you've disappeared again. I'm getting annoyed. I think... Your internet is going to tell me, you know what? Just leave the it. The night is done. There's a man there. Not right. Right. I'm, going to, I'm going to disconnect and come back. Okay. There she is. I'm loving this hair as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Find your lane. Mm. I think this might be it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love a good bob. I too am really enjoying the bob. I love braids on you. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I love braids. I don't know. Braids, lazy. I've incorporated, look, I can look stylish and be lazy at the same time. And that's what braids are. Like, if I can look good and still be lazy, that's what I've decided. It's great. I can just... It's not enjoyable. It's mm. not enjoyable. It's a lot of time wasted. I could be doing something else. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like I'm just I've I'm loving braids right now. Love I think it. I just keep... you do them yourself or have you have you got have you got a brand? No, no. Oh no, babe. I'm one of the I think I'm one of those black girls who can't braid, can't plait, <laughs> can't like I just I just can't. <laughs> and I've accepted it. I've accepted it. Like my mom my mom could braid, but she never taught us how to braid. She always took us to the Young. Like my mom's always told us a woman's hair needs to be done and she'll always take us hair oh, that's nice. I've never been a braider. I've never been a braider. I feel like this picture. Yeah. She's, she's giving me think, This lockdown is really doing my mom a disservice. She can't live her normal, her happy life. Oh. She's literally like mama. She's struggling. She really is struggling because it's just like I she's someone who doesn't like to stay home. She likes to go do her thing and She's really like, oh, actually, I can't be myself right now. This is not it. And I'm like, oh, mommy. We are all struggling. Yeah, I think I've learned a lot about myself because I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with myself. It's like, okay, so. You're forced to. You're forced yeah, to talk to yourself. It's intense, isn't it? What are your um, ambitions for the podcast? Like, what's what's next for After 25? What do you want to, where, what, what are your goals? Um, oh, mm. oh. Do you know what it's I know what they are. I'm I'm working on again being able to say them out loud. So thank you for asking. Okay. I, I want I want after 25. Firstly, by God's grace, I, it needs to be something that brings me income because I have I have found something that I think I'm a natural at. I love talking to people. I love like it's I love it so much. It's I love getting to know people interacting i love all that and it's just so natural to me and again seeing other people do it it's been like no i can do that too. yeah that's when you know i feel it when you're like mm. Mm. yeah i'm like it's not just their face it's telling me like hey we're doing it you can too if you put a little in. In. yeah so that's definitely one goal is for me to grow to a point where I can be like, oh, wait, there's money in my account. Yeah, where did that come from? The yeah, be, um, I can't wait for that. It's all, do you know what I mean? And it's also being able to connect with people. Okay. Because to be honest with you, um, a lot of things happened. After having my son, a lot of things happened. Relationship broke down, friends, yeah. a lot of things. I, I found, I got to a point where I was just like, I don't have... I don't have a lot of women around me anymore. I don't have Mm -hmm. friendship anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not like trying to chase friendship that I'd let go Mm -hmm. because they, I let them go for a reason, Mm -hmm. but I'm also, I'm also, because I'm a people person. I'm, I'm a Libra. I, oh, I love people. I love being around people. And also I can be a loner, but initially I love people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want the podcast to help me get to know more people to build my community around me because that's another thing i realized when i had a, my son i was just like i want a community yeah I want a community so using a podcast definitely something that i'm using to build a community mm-hmm. and and to inspire other women because i feel like we all get to a stage like no one's no one's life is like planned out mm-hmm. we all get to a stage where society is telling you oh you haven't made it because mm-hmm. you don't have this at this stage you don't have this and i'm just like sis it's okay not to have it like celebrate other things listen to this listen to how yeah. she's doing it what career she's doing so it's really to inspire everyone else because when i had a kid i just felt like oh, i'm not doing this what's yeah. happening and i just i felt some type of way yeah. and i was like no you shouldn't feel some type of way and i hope 
that the podcast is something that's that we can talk and enjoy and talk about aging without being scared of it, without feeling like it's that's it. So those are the plans that I have for I hope that it grows. I hope it gets bigger. I hope that people resonate. I don't I don't mind it not being something that's like selling out things. As long as I get women to be like, you know what? Thank you. Like I can yeah, like when people listen to a podcast, I want them to feel like they're in a room with us. Yeah, that's um, literally. Yeah, I want them to laugh and really feel it. Mm. So I hope you know. I hope the podcast becomes that for someone. It's definitely become that for me. Yeah, like it's definitely true. become that for me. Like, and if that's enough, it's very it's very right at the moment. I think everybody is at that. There's a lot of pushback about timelines mm-hmm. and being told and i think we're all everybody's very aware of that feeling of like i don't want i'm not i'm not giving up on myself because i'm 30 or i'm 28 or i'm 29 I'm not, I'm not having to be fair though i i think generation was quite stressed about 25. everyone i know was quite anxious about turning 25 and i feel like once you get yeah i was really but maybe I put myself timelines on myself, and then when they didn't happen, I realized that the timelines are a waste of time. So thirty didn't bother me because I just thought, yeah, you yeah. do it when you do it. Like it doesn't, it does not matter. Everyone's life is different. But I love the energy of it. I love the title after twenty five. It's like yeah, life continues. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very it. rich afterwards. I'm very content. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like I, I don't have everything that I want, but I haven't. I'm the happiest that I've been. Yeah. But also, yeah, I know what you mean. And I think, I know what's what's funny is I don't have everything that I want, but I'm glad that I didn't get everything that I wanted because what I wanted, mm. what I want. Mm. I like now what I want is actually, for me, it's not about what I've been conditioned or what I think or what I expect or what I think will make me happy, what I think is going to fix this thing that I'm ignoring or solve that problem that I don't want to deal with or that trauma or whatever instead. I'm going, actually, I've dealt with all of that. And I've recognised this is my... That's my yeah. And I feel that's what you're saying. You're like, this is my arena. This this space. Yeah, like I found it. Yeah, I love that. Mm. And I'm like at a point where I'm not scared to say it. I'm not scared that's to good. say that's that. That's what well. I want. Yeah, that's like, hard as well. And I think that's really, age is so beautiful because it's just like, hey, who's going to tell me no? I want this. Yeah. And the only person that's going to stop me is myself if I don't go for it. Yeah. So that's really that's been that's a great place for me and i've got the love to and i've got the support to be like do it yeah you have you definitely have right. just i think it's just going to grow and grow and it's just about just about it's about that do you know what though mm. muscle is exhausting oh it's... my gosh a mile a minute you feel like you're just never off of anything nothing's nothing's ever done nothing's completed you're always overstretching yourself how much you can get overestimating how much you can get done in any, a number of hours yeah i'm not i'm not complaining because i have goals and i have to and also i feel like when you you're at this age oh my god oh oh okay okay we don't know how long this is gonna <laughs> yeah you we're, we're on the same page okay <laughs> we're on the same page. do you know what you know this has been honestly you know what anita was right she was so right she was just like if you guys talk it's going to be on and it's been such a pleasure like i love what makes this whole podcast thing amazing for me is i get to meet 
women like yourself. I really, really love connecting with different women. And it's been such a pleasure. Please yeah. tell listeners, the followers, where they can find you because they need to see everything that you're doing. And then okay. what I'll be writing because I'm a writer. Um, <laughs> exactly. um, first of all, everyone where they can find you. Okay, fine. Let's just say thank you me because it has been a pleasure it's been such fun and so easy and that um and i love how you create such a safe space it's been it's just felt amazing and very warm and lovely and i've enjoyed connecting again with you and you make me feel seen which is wonderful um but my name is akila cohen bodie you can find telegram k-i-l-a-h gram I write for Pepe Talk and um, I've also recently published with, be publishing with EcoAge. Check me out, send me a DM. I like to laugh, so you'll see a lot of banter up there. <laughs> and also some creative photos on my, on my Instagram. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much. For, and also thank you for listening, guys. I will have another episode for you guys very soon.